Hey, I'm Ramel London. I'm a TV radio presenter and host, and I want to welcome you to the Mainstream Podcast. From jump-off comedy champion to Leicester Mercury comedian nominee, stand-up comedian, actor and radio presenter, my next guest is continuing the comedy legacy paved by his mum, an inspiration of mine, Angie Lamar. She famously joked that his first time on stage was in her belly while she was pregnant. And now he is making a name for himself in the British comedy scene and beyond. From opening up for one of the world's comedy goats, Dave Chappelle, touring across the UK with Britain's Got Talent, Golden Buzzer, comedian Kojo. He is ready to dominate the comedy world as he prepares for his one-man show live at the Bloomsbury Theatre, Ladies and gentlemen, Travis J is in the building. Jeez. Hey, that type of intro, oh my days. I felt like I was being introduced to box or something. Two-time heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> I got you, man, I got you. And also, Travis, welcome to the mainstream. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me, for now, real. Bro, I'm gassed because I, I genuinely, when I was prepping for this, I couldn't actually remember how we met, mm. but I know that one of my earliest mem- memories of you was at Jump Off when right, you did yeah. the comedy battle. That was 2012. Yes. Obviously, you killed it. Obviously, you won. Yeah, me, but it's going back. Literally, <laughs> literally, bro. And, like, this was this was a big moment because, like, for me and for the scene as well, like, the Jump mm. Off kind of made a big return. It was packed yeah. full of UK music legends, like, casually uh, wretch, yeah, chip, yeah. scorcher. All them men were just there, cash. Right. And, like, there was other media personalities as well. So this was a great place to be noticed. Big time. And I'm like, for me, I was watching all the heats, all the com- all the other comedians that had done it before. Really? I saw, yeah, like I sort of advertised it. So I thought, I don't know what this is about. And I saw B Money. Yep. yep at the yep. time, he did the first one. And yep. his video, oh, the way they edited it, was looked so sick. I was like, right, he killed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And me, I'm a super competitive guy. I could even go back and probably find the messages. But I messaged Arrow. Yeah. And I said, yo. I could win your competition, you know. Swear that you were like that. Listen, you were that guy. <laughs> Listen, I've been that guy secretly for years. I'm so competitive. If really? someone does something that I think I can do, I want smoke. That's, I want the smoke. I respect that, you know. So I, I remember getting in touch with Jump Off. I think I spoke to Jade, who was like running the producer yes. stuff back in then. So and I was like, yeah, I'm, I want to do the show. She was like, just to let you know, it's really tough. The crowd is really tough. I said, listen, I'm going to be fine. Just let me do the wow. show. And she was like, are you sure? Like, you're. I said, listen, guys, and I messaged Aaron. I was like, bro, you're dodging me like Mayweather and Pacquiao, bro. Oh, my God. Like, I was so, like, <laughs> that's just the way I am just to get myself in the zone. But, like, yeah, that was a great experience, man. That's sick. And how, how far was you into your comedy career at that point? So we're talking two and a half years. Okay, so that's, two, that's still, still early green. doors. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was more cocky than my abilities, to, I'll be honest. Like, no, but I remember that show. You, was very, you, were, you were good up there. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It was okay. a vibes. It went well. It went to plan. It went to plan. It's That's just good. one of them things where it's like, I saw how B-Money's video was edited. Yeah. And B-Money will tell you, I always talk to him about, about it because his performance inspired me to level up so yes. that I could win. That's nice. That's so, nice. Do you know what I mean? Like, that was a great experience. And I'd never really had that much, like, exposure at right. that time. So when I'm seeing people like Mega Man yeah. tweet me, and I'm like, right, so solid, you know? Proper things. Yeah, it was a proper game changer for me. That's nice, man. Yeah, That's man. nice. Nah, do you know what? That was that was a real time when Twitter yeah. was if yeah. your name got if you got added on Twitter. Oh, it's different. That meant you're somebody. You do a show, you go away with fifty five new followers that night. <laughs> Oh, that's when you needed a madness. Back then, guys. <laughs> back then. Wow. Listen. Fifty a whole fifty-five, you know. A whole fifty-five followers. 
Now, boy. Viral was very different back yeah, then. Oh, yeah. Viral. <laughs> viral. Yeah, viral was very different. <laughs> but you it was hit, good. It yeah, was good. you hit a lick with 50. <laughs> I love that because it just shows the throwback and just the times, the mm-hmm. times what we're in. But um, I also mentioned that your mom, Queen Angela Maud, like I said, she's a big inspiration to me. Yeah. Um, she really took me under under her wing, probably around those times as well, actually, because okay. she's a radio presenter, comedian, actor, writer, director. She basically does it all. Mm. When you decided that you wanted to get into comedy, was this a conversation that you had to have with your mom? Was it positive? Was she like, what are you doing? This isn't this isn't what I brought you in the world for. Yeah. What what was that like? It was crazy. Listen, when I told her I wanted to do it, she was very much like, why do you want to do stand-up? I don't understand. Mm. But then when I was like, yo, I'm definitely going to do it. Her words to me were, don't embarrass me. Oh. <laughs> she weren't playing. That is real. She ain't playing. Because he's like, the minute they found out you're my son, the yeah. pressure's on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, I'm glad she kept it 100, though. True, true. It, it was. The pressure's always been on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I remember being introduced to the stage, Richard Blackwood, one time. I'll never forget, at the Tabernacle in West London. Man brought me to the stage. He goes, this next comedian coming to the stage comes from great stock. Angela Marson! Uh, he didn't even say your name. And I remember thinking, wait, he's not actually going to say my name. He's literally, you know that ones where they're ready to hand you the mic? I'm yeah. like, bro. At least introduce my name. But the pressure comes from when the crowd go, oh, I love Angela Mar. Yeah. And now it's like, um, you may as well have introduced me as Angela Mar and hope that I could make it work. That's, <laughs> yeah, that 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 is pressure. Yeah. That is pressure. And the fact that your mom started the pressure. Oh, she weren't playing. She weren't playing. And the maddest thing is, because a lot of people probably imagine that she'd helped me out or wrote yeah. jokes or done all that stuff. She didn't. She literally said to me, you have to live all the experiences. Right. Because I can't, like... People are going to say what they're going to say, but at the end of the day, I can't get on stage for you. Of course, you that's, that's true. There's certain things that a comic must be able to do by himself yeah. without thinking about it. If somebody walks in wearing something crazy or a glass smashes, you got to have the skills to leave your material, come back and talk to the crowd and engage and then come back naturally. Yep. You can't tell me. I can't script that. So Yeah, yeah, it's true. She was very much like, look, I can give you advice on your journey, mm. but it's advice for you to learn, take in and go on your journey with. So that's always been our relationship. So... Yeah, I, f- I feel like I I accepted the pressure early on. Okay, yeah, you, you have I mean? to. Yeah, I felt it like at times where I was like, look, I'm new, man. Like, let me be new. Yeah. But it's like, nah, that's not your route, bro. So level up or quit Ooh. is how I deal with myself. See, I can already hear the competitiveness yeah, 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 yeah. in you. Because <laughs> even you're saying, look, if you can't do this, just get out, yeah? Yeah, straight. <laughs> but you know what it is? I've got a sporting background. Okay. Yeah. So basketball and boxing, like that's that makes sense. Yeah. That's interesting you say that because I've always thought that that can really be a, a positive and a negative. Mm-hmm. Because if you feel if you feel like some everything is a game, then that like, you know you you can hype yourself up. You can yeah. put, uh, you know pep talk and all that kind of stuff. But then there's that competitive irk yeah. on your shoulder that's always like, yeah, you got to be the best. You can't make friends with nobody. You can't do that. Like, yeah. how do you deal with like? the pressures of com- competition because the comedy world and scene is tough. It's very competitive and there's a lot of people calling themselves comedians now. That's so true. Do you know what I mean? That and it's is like, true. You just, I think for me, I, I used to be more competitive back in the day. I okay. think as I've matured, I realised this isn't actually a competition. Grown things. Do you know what I mean? Before I used <laughs> to feel like, right, this is, i got to be, if I saw a man on the flyers, like too many, like if I saw one dude on the flyer more, I'm like, right, he's actually starting to take the lead. So now really? I've got to level up and get on more shows. And I used to see it like that. Yeah. Whereas as I've matured, I'm like, look, everyone's path is different. Like what's yep. for me is for me. What's for you is for you. 
And um, my, comp- my competition now becomes leveling up over the things that I thought were great moments back in the day. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, because it's like, if you look at what everyone else is doing, like, you can start to dislike your friends. Ooh, it can get really toxic. That. Do you know what I'm that, saying? Like, yeah. Mo is flying yeah. higher heights. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's amazing to see. And it's like, what happens is, if you allow toxicity in, yep. it can become rooting for men. Like, right, you're doing bits to, how comes he gets everything? I totally hear and it, that. And it's nuts. And it's like, that just destroys your own journey. That's so true. You know that I mean? is wise. Yeah, man, you can't mm. you can't self sabotage in those ways, and it can happen when you start looking at other people. So, my mat- like maturation process in this game, it's just allowed me to just be like, nah, what's for you is for you, bro. No mm. matter what I did, you was always gonna get that. Yeah. So yeah, I gotta wait for my moment, carved out my time, carve out my time, and you know what I mean. Everybody gets their moment. You just gotta keep believing. That is real. That is real, and I think it's very it's very poignant that you've said that because. That's what we like to talk about on the mainstream. Like, Mm. you know, I've had loads of presenters on this podcast and we're all so different. Yeah. We might all have similar goals and, you know, we want to be on TV, want to be on radio. But how you get there is very different. When you get there is always going to be a different time. So I think everyone needs to keep that in mind. Like, you Mm. know, enjoy the journey Mm -hmm. and yeah be present enjoy the moments as well oh this is and that's another thing the yeah. amount of times you know when you 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 have your goals that you want to achieve in your career yeah and you get so fixated on those goals you almost get a little bit annoyed as time goes on yep. when's this going to happen and you don't actually stop to realize how much progress you've made 100. in the meantime like i had a conversation with my boy kg right we host a boxing podcast together yes and we were trying to schedule when we could do the record for the pod and every time we both suggested a time, it was like, nah, bro, I'm filming this thing and I'm I'm doing that and I'm recording this and da da da. And I stopped him and I said, bro, look at the problems we have now. <laughs> look you, at us. Do you Someone remember, come and look at us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember, you remember three years ago, we were free, bro. <laughs> we had all Always the time. Always free. <laughs> should, we just bang, should we just bang them all out in a week? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And I was just like, hold on a second, bro. Things are very different. Yeah, that's Let's good. Let's appreciate this journey that we're on. Yep. So, yeah, a lot of people don't take time to just be like, right, actually, no, I'm doing bits still. Yeah, that's <laughs> sick, man. I love that. I love that. Remember, everyone, you're doing bits. This is it, man. We love it. So, okay, for anyone that's listening and they're thinking, okay, yeah, I think I can do this comedy thing. Let me try a thing. What should they know before they get started? Like, mm. have you got any moments where you're like, I wish someone told me that, bro, because that hurt? Oh, man. Oh, there's so many moments I felt like that. <laughs> there's... Uh, I mean, so you get used to doing comedy clubs when you first start. Yeah. No one really talks to you about how different it is to perform in a theatre. Oh, see, I didn't even and know that was a thing. The different things that can affect your performance that have nothing to do with the audience, like just high ceilings, for example. Oh. Camden yeah. Centre have high, re- really high ceilings. Yeah. So the sound travels a little bit slowly when you hear the laughter from the back of the room to the front. You're lying. So there's a, there's a, there's a real time delay. <laughs> so wait. Someone's laughing. You say a joke and it's... They, yeah, they ah. roar. Yeah, they roar. It comes. Then you hear it. Oh, my God. So sometimes, if the if the sound optics ain't on the... Like, sometimes they get the speakers on and you can hear yourself through the speakers and it, it balances everything out. Yeah. But when they're not there, it can throw you off your game. You're lying. Listen, I had a gig in Camden Centre one time and, bruv, I just couldn't... Re- I didn't realise what... Why is this not working out the way I need it? <laughs> like, these jokes are proven jokes. <laughs> Am I not funny? So I started tripping up myself. Oh and like no. people were like, bro, we was enjoying you, but then you started being weird. 
Oh my gosh, I, you're the problem. Oh, so I sabotage my own thing. <laughs> That's but crazy. The sound, I weren't used to the sound. Uh, little I've things. never heard that before in my life. Listen, little things can just... For me, I always just say to new comics, do it because you love it. Yeah. Don't come into this thing for money. Oh. I've heard at one time this com- guy asked me before he'd done any gigs, he said, bro, I'm, I'm thinking about jumping on a comedy thing, you know? And I was getting ready to be like, you know, into the convo and give him advice and that. Yeah. And he goes, what's the payment saying? Because obviously I want to know what the, what the, I said. Yeah, Who you, says that? I was like, you don't love this thing. Like, that's like asking for a job at JD. Like, what's the hourly fee? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you don't, you got to do this thing because you love it. Yeah. Because when you get that first rough crowd and mm. man are getting, are heckling you and they're getting a bit leery with it. Yep. You think, why am I doing this? Yeah, that's real. Love will keep you going in the game when it gets tough like that. That's interesting. Speaking of love and money. Mm. So, in 2019, you made your Edinburgh debut with your show Funny Petty Cool. And it received critical acclaim. Like, people loved it. But let's be honest, because I've heard a lot about Edinburgh uh, comedy festivals. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very hit and miss. Mm. You spend a lot of money to get up there, to run it, to get it sorted. And one minute you'll have a full house. Next minute there's three people in the crowd. Listen, it's exactly like that. Are you serious? Like one thing I'd say, I, I enjoy as a comic. I think Edinburgh is amazing. Yeah. Because you get out, you perform every single day. My show was at 2.35 p.m. Okay. That's and it's like early doors, no? Early doors. Very. And so people ain't in a nighttime mood. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? You got to get them on a casual stroll and then take them into your world in an hour. Okay. And it's like, it taught me. To be able to walk into any room because you got no host. It's not like a comedy show set up. Oh my god! It's gosh. literally any room that they can fit chairs in. You're in there, boom! You come out, you start the show, you close the show. Oh mad! No so, warm up, no nothing. Nothing. Mm-mm. So every single day, that's why I was doing my full show and the muscle as a comic that I gained. Yeah. So now I don't like, and it's so random. The crowds are random. Like you get people for international. I had a crowd full of Swedish people one what? show. Yeah. And you get random people like it's so, all demo, all demographics will yeah. come out. So what I took from that is when I come back to to London, I can perform in front of anyone. That's sick. I don't care who's in the audience. So, we'll figure this thing out. You know when people say, "Oh, you're a comedian, yeah? Tell me a joke." Mm. Is that like? I don't. I don't. I, I never, <laughs> never respond. I never give them a joke. I hate them. Bits. Oh, bruv, get out of my face. Get out of my. Accept that I'm a comedian. Just accept it and then come to a show. That's what comes to mind now. I'm like, are you ready for this? You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, move, move. Oh my gosh. No, but that's really sorry. That was such a random yeah. sidebar for me. But it's... I've heard so many comedians be like, if anyone ever asked me that. It will actually ruin my day. <laughs> oh, listen, the way I always just, I just, <laughs> I just keep, you know, you, like, yeah. oh, you said something stupid. Oh, yeah. No worries. <laughs> no, that was a complete sidebar. I just had to ask that right now because, you know, it's not every day I get to speak to, to, to comedians that are like just sick. But, um, oh, and just, oh, on Edinburgh. So, no, the other side of the thing where yeah. I'd say I didn't really like it is the fact that one is that expensive yeah. and two is like, because I didn't, like, I got my show sponsored. Oh, so, yeah, nice. it's a black owned okay. company, black owned company, Reginald, Reggie Cole. Um, he sponsored my company, sponsored my show with two of his companies. That's sick. And I was so thankful for that because yeah. I was like, I ain't got 10k to just throw on one. Is that how much is? It's like eight to 10k. What? That's how, yeah, that's how much you can ex- to really get the full benefits. Oh my gosh. That's what you're looking at. And I was like, the sad part is when I came back and I'm like meeting up with my guys on the circuit and I'm like, I want to tell this man, yeah, you should go up to Edinburgh. Mm. But it's like, this ain't really the. <laughs> you don't just casually go buy a Tesla big man trust me they're sick yeah. it's not that yeah. type you know what I mean I was like yeah. I really like that still 
I get that. I totally get that because it does seem like it's talked about like, yes, oh my gosh, you need to experience Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah. But no one tells you about the fees. Listen, listen. And then you've got to find somewhere to live. Oh my, come on. Rent. This is it. And then you got bills back in London still. Your house is still sitting there. Bruv. Empty or not. That first <laughs> September when I came back. Oh man. Listen. <laughs> oh man. Stress. See, these are the things that people don't tell you. This is why we discuss them here. Mm, very important. <laughs> please share, please share. <laughs> but um, no, seriously though, I mean, what I've also noticed, you mentioned your your podcast, Undefeated. Um, you've been you've been a radio presenter. I've kn- I've known yeah. you a lot of time. Ta- most of my time, I've known you presenting something, hosting something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're very you're very active, which is amazing. But again, do you feel like this is something? comedians these days have to do like do you have to have your fingers in all the pies do you have to do you have to find ways to stand out um thing is it's like yes and no like yes i think it's great to learn other skills one thing i never do is turn down opportunities to learn something else okay that's good radio came um either from the beat hit me up and he was like yo i think you i seen you perform i think you might have a you know i mean something to to do with radio because you've got an opinion and a different way of approaching things i quite like I was like, cool. I went down, tried the radio. I was actually on the 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 when when they were called Bang Radio. Yes, I was yes. on it there, and I had my own show on a Friday yeah. night, and I probably had it for about four months. Okay, truth being, I wasn't really ready to lead my own show just yet. Yeah, and then a few years later, I ever came knocking again and was like, right, I think now you'd be ready. Okay, like, you know what I mean. So he saw something, and yeah, me and me and KG. Man. That's when we first started doing radio together. But like, I've always when I probably was like a year into stand up, I got into acting. Yes, and then yeah two three years after that i started to just write scripts and any different concepts and stuff i'd work on they didn't really nothing really took off on the writing front but the practice was start that's when it started okay so i was always staying busy because i just felt like i i love stand-up stand-up is my home my bread and butter yeah i feel like stand-up is my car how i look at stand-up is my vehicle to other places that's a really good analogy i I mean so it's like as a comic you get into an acting space just a little different energy he's a comedian let's see how he'd play this role yeah and then it's like you step into other areas and i've dabbled with poetry as well spoken word i know about the poetry yes (laughs) so it's like for me i never i never look at another craft and feel like ah that's long that's not me i'm like no i'll i'll see if that's me yeah i mean that's that's a good open-minded way yeah to 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 grow this is it. And it brings stuff back to your experience. Like, I tried battle rap. Sorry, I didn't, mean, I didn't even mean to laugh. Listen, <laughs> bruv, it's one of the funniest stories ever. So Please, please tell. I can't remember the name of the reality show that was being done, yeah. But it was something that was a, some supposed to be like a London reality show of some kind on BBC, like, uh, BBC Free or iPlay or something. I can't remember. I think I remember it. Was that the one that like Mim and Yinka... Might have been. Was on. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So uh, Arrow hits me up and he's like, yo, there's like a rap scene, right? Because we had filmed a spoof where I had to do like a, a poetry, taking a piss out of spoken word artist. Okay. And some of the stuff I put together, they was like, right, well, that sounds kind of cold still. <laughs> so then he's like, oh, we're doing a battle rap thing. You want to you wanna try it? So I was like, all right, cool. Boom. <laughs> we're chatting. So he showed me who the girl is that I was going to be facing. It was a girl. It was mad. Oh. Yeah. So I'm like, I got my bars. I'm ready to go. And the maddest thing is, I felt like I had a good, I felt like I had good bars, you know. So basically, I started. Boom! I got the, I got my first punch out. Crowd starts laughing. Yeah. Okay. I'm enjoying. I'm thinking, oh my, it's hitting. I'm sick. But I never, I never rehearsed for breaks. Oh. So when they've laughed and they've enjoyed the punch, now it's time for me to come in. Forgot all my bars. 
All Your of them. Travis. <laughs> now I'm freestyling. <laughs> so, uh, so, so what happened with the freestyle? The freestyle, that's when I realised I weren't Jay-Z. <laughs> Oh, at that moment? <laughs> at that moment, I realised that I'm not going to get to Rockefeller Records. Like, I was like, and the thing is, you know, we tried free, I started freestyling. It was about something completely different. Like, I just decided change subjects. Your brain was doing the most. Outrageous. And the maddest thing is, because I was freestyling and I felt like, all right, you lot enjoyed that punch. I gotta keep going until I get a punch. Oh so no! So I just kept it going. No! <laughs> oh my heart, it's crumbling. Oh man! So then someone comes up to me afterwards, right? And she goes, "Oh, did you? Was that like a spoof? Did you plan that?" I was oh, like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah cool." I'm Travis J. I'm a comedian. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you for noticing Whoa, <laughs> my, my comedy skills. Jeez, I respect oh, battle rappers so differently now, boy. I hear that. <laughs> I hear that because that that went terribly. But I know now. Yeah, true. It's, it's not for me. There's no clarity, no what ifs. It's funny you say that because sketches and stuff like that, the fact that, you know, you can turn it into spoofs and all that kind of stuff, mm. that's a big thing on social media right now. Yeah, yeah. Like loads of people are jumping on, whether it's TikTok, Instagram Reels, all that kind of stuff. And like you said earlier, a lot of people think they're comedians. A lot of people call themselves comedians now. Sorry, I should have said what you said. I, I yeah, because that sounded like an insult. I had to clarify. I was I like, said hey, it taking a, shots at these guys. <laughs> I said it in a very no, but what I mean by it is by it is um, a lot of people have been encouraged. Yeah, yeah. To jump on TikTok. Yeah. To jump on all these kind of trends and do funny videos. and do funny things. Yeah. And so I feel like some people are 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 being disillusioned by what goes into actually being a comedian, a comic, writing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I do agree with that. But I also do have a, how do I do it? How do I say it? Like I maintain a respect for those guys. Like The influencer pe- type, yeah, types. Yeah. yeah, so let's look at someone like myself who's a stand-up comic. Mm. And then you look at someone, say, Munya. Yes, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. not a stand-up comic. And That's it's true. all digital online. But for him to say he's a comedian, who am, no, who, no one should challenge that. That's true. Very funny. So I think what's happened is that like attitudes towards the title of comedian have changed because yeah. I always said comedian as stand-up comic that's like growing up okay and as things have evolved I'm like nah these men are comedians oh fair do you know what I mean they're just they're digital online guys like yeah. they're just in that space and I think everybody has to be respect because comedy is really hard oh my gosh so hard <laughs> comedy is really hard so when I say like comics people call themselves comedian I'm like there's a lot of people who probably fall shy of the title yeah but there's yeah. a lot of people out there who are repping it properly oh that's good so I think it's yeah it's very very good very cool that's a nice way to put it and the reason I kind of highlighted that as well because last year um you know we went into lockdown yeah bread and butter for a stand-up comedian very much changed Mm -hmm. there wasn't a space to go and tell funny jokes in front of people it was what do we do now listen listen (laughs) and um it's interesting because me and me and mo gilligan spoke about that on the podcast Mm. uh, when he appeared and he said he noticed that a lot of comedians were struggling yeah a lot of them were refusing to do the online thing they're like that's not me i'm not that kind of comedian or comic Mm -hmm. what are your views on it and and you know did you ever have a theory of i don't want to do the online stuff um do you know what it's for me yeah i'm very much like if it's on my heart i'm gonna do it okay if it's not i'm absolutely not gonna do it i hear you so in the lockdown like it was so much free time i was like let's go for it let's see what happens yeah i did a couple sketches like i did some i did this thing called nouveau edition yeah where i play a whole rap like a a whole r&b group 
Okay, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And like I play every single character and we do the whole what happened, what went wrong and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, So it was like something a bit of fun. I did this other character, Bishop Green Teeth, like some pers- some church pastor that's just all about the offering. Okay. So it was like, I try, I dabbled with it, but it's like, for me, I look at those things and it's like, they, they did well. They got quite a lot of love online, but okay. it didn't inspire me to keep going. Right. And that's when I had to check myself and be like, yeah, you don't enjoy this online thing. Yeah. I'm doing it now for relevance and the fact that there's nothing else to do. Yes. Yeah. So for me, like I'm at a place in my life and my career where I'm like, all right, I am who I am. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, my mind can change. Don't know if, I'm not locking myself into anything, but I'm only going to do whatever I'm 100% on. So for me, I look at comics and who's to do stuff. I'm like, yeah, cool. If that's what you want to do, yeah. do what you want to do. Like, I don't look down on social media at all because yeah. you look at what it's done for someone like oh Mo and, and other comics who can tour and do that kind of stuff there. I'm like, bro, hats off to you, man. Do you know what I mean? But for me, nothing inspires me and makes me feel more alive than when I hit that stage and I touch that mic. Yeah, totally get that. No, I respect, I respect your honesty with that as well because mm. being able to say no... I didn't enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's real. It's very honest. I get messages all the time. They're like, bring back green teeth. I'm like, mm, yeah. I'm not in I the say mood. soon. I always say soon. I'm like, I'm not. not. Soon is a good way to soon, put it. Yeah. He might come back. May do. We might get into another lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Oh, God forbid. But, um, <laughs> yeah, for real. But no, that's a really, really open way of putting it as well. Because, yeah, you can't shut down everything, but you can't mm. do everything. Yeah. I hear that. I totally yeah. hear that. Well, since the pandemic... Bro, you've been thriving. Like, literally, you've gone from strength to strength. Uh, You mentioned writing, which I actually really want to dabble on because you are a part of the writing crew of a classic hit show. I don't know why I watched it when I was younger. Listen. I honestly don't know why. not for children, boy. (laughs) But Spitting Image returned to ITV Mm -hmm. and you was a part of the writing comedy team. That's epic. Listen, that was... Please talk me through that. That was some bucket list type stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like yourself, I watched it when I was young, but obviously I had to sneak and watch it because they weren't weren't invited. Do you know what I mean? Parents weren't having that. But so like the lockdown, and and this is why I I always say I I keep my mind open to other opportunities. Yeah. Because I've been writing over the years. Yeah. And it's like when that opportunity came and it was like my manager hit me up and was just like, oh, you know, if you've got any ideas for some sketches, you know, they're thinking about opening the team. Wow. So I said, all right, let's go for it. Boom. They're like, yeah, cool. You're part of the team now. Oh, my. Just like that. And it's like, yeah. And this is all like at home. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm writing, I'm getting all these sketches together. And it was a great experience because like the guy, the lead writer on it, um, Jeff Westbrook, he wrote for Simpsons for like, <gasps> however many years like oh my one of the main writers for simpsons so it's like you're knocking sketches to him and he's like oh yeah i like that one <gasps> and it's like bro those eyes have seen a lot of funny bits of writing Literally. and he's like i like that did you know what i'm saying so that was a great experience because it was like writing to deadline writing amongst the team and you know something happens in the news or whatnot you want to get the best take so that it turns into a sketch yeah and it was a great experience um it was it was one of those experiences that lets me know that i want to be able to like lead my own writing room one day that's sick because yeah. it's like i looked at it and i thought okay cool obviously this is your project and a lot some of the ideas you know and, and the stuff the stances i wanted to take with certain sketches yeah i could tell that at some point it wasn't really on side with where they were trying to go with the show fair so pushing I was the like, boundaries yeah. yeah so i was like all right i see i see what you men are on yeah and on, on this go round, this is on your time yeah, yeah but yeah. i know when i'm on my go round. yep what I've seen here is enough for experience for me to know I'm going to have the energy I'm going to be given. So I think those moments are like, yeah, bucket list stuff, man. Do you know what I mean? That's sick. Grew up to be in a show that I watched on TV. I'm like, yeah, that's cold. I can live with that and move on. What, <laughs> what a bucket 
to and tick a, off. And there's another <laughs> random fact as well. Like someone pointed out on Twitter and I was so baffled. They were just like, all the writers on this team are from Oxford, uni or <gasps> Cambridge or what? Harvard. Minus one. And I was looking at it, I'm thinking, who's the one? Me like an idiot. Who's the one? <laughs> who's the one? Like, Damn, who is that guy? He's amazing. Who's the one? Oh, snap. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, South London family. Yeah, yeah. You're lying. <laughs> Not even joking. I was baffled seeing that. So wait, okay, let's talk about that. Because is being a comedy writer, like, is that a really like... um esteemed profound thing this is the thing with comedy right that many people would never guess but it's a very it's becoming very elite what listen you look at people like jack whitehall and these others and these guys are like really well-educated individuals that's true you know what i'm saying they're sketch groups from like oxford university that tend to make it into great spaces in comedy but who goes to oxford to do comedy listen you go oxford and do comedy it's probably a good move Clearly, not but even they, joking. they don't advertise that. Nah, of course look not. Because look how many, look at, look at, there's some funny roadmen down the road, you know. Listen, but it's, Kill it. Listen. <laughs> Get a first. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's like, you don't, you don't realise these things looking at it from the outside. Yeah. And you start to look at the opportunities that go a certain way and why comedy at the top level in this country looks a certain way. Yeah. So then it's like, you start getting a taste of all those things. And when I saw that tweet, I was baffled. I was like, how are you, man? Hold on. So when I'm amongst you, man, you lot think you're right. Who's this brother? He's being slow still. <laughs> I'm like, hold on. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was eye-opener. But again, like, you just move forward. So how did you start writing? Um, it's literally just typing on my computer and just going and seeing what it goes, literally. Did you know, like, so is like, there a formula or? No, nah, all I knew is I had an idea and I was going to take it as far as I could take it. Okay. So it's like a lot of the stuff that I started writing just didn't get made you see what i'm saying yeah yeah but where i'm a stand-up comic some joke some ideas just became jokes right, right so right, it's right. like this is a sitcom idea duh, 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 and i'm like writing jokes for a character i'm like okay that's funny this script isn't going anywhere yeah. this is just my battleground realistically for a practice yeah take it to the stage and i can see where this energy is going so some of my 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 style of stand-up is storytelling yes oh my gosh yeah you you're you're the observational kind yeah. that i love to watch because i'm just like we're, we're we're going on a journey yeah yeah, Love and it's that. like, do you know what I mean? Once I, I can draw people in to my journey and what I'm doing or what I've done, yeah. and you can feel it, and that comes from my writing. I'm always writing. So yeah. whether it's a drama idea, a sitcom idea, I take it into my stand-up style. So, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. But 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 is learning how to write for a sitcom or, or a sketch show, can that be learned? Would you say to yes. people, go and learn this here at such and such? Um, so I was, I'm developing an idea at the moment. And one of the things that, you know, commissioners will probably tell you to do is to work on it with another writer. Okay. So this would be a writer who's very experienced with what a sitcom's shape and all the type of stuff would look like. Yeah. So you inject the life into the show because this is your idea and the characters and all these people in your head. And this person would let you know what they're supposed to look like on the page. Yeah. So it's like, it's great to do it with that kind of, holding your hand process definitely you know what i mean and that's a great way to kind of look into it obviously if you're not in cl- you don't have access to that type of setup best thing i'd say is get scripts of shows that you like to watch oh that's a good idea read those scripts study the format and look yeah. at what that looks like and then you know what i mean replicate with your own idea yeah so yeah that's amazing what I love about your journey is, like you said, you're not afraid to try new things. You're not afla- afraid to be an actor, to just do writing, to mm. do a sketch here, do a podcast there, radio. But what do you think 
were the key moments that kind of helped take your career to the next level? And this could be multiple moments that you're like, yeah. this led to that and then that to that. So I think the first one was jump off. Oh, what? For real? Definitely jump off. Jump off opened a lot of people's eyes to, to my name. Wow. You know what I mean? Because I was like, I was on the circuit floating around as a new comic, got the spots, but I never really had people looking at me. Okay. You know what I mean? You're the first guy on the show. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, cool, but Richard and Slim are on later and you remember yeah, them. Yeah. So it's like those, those that stage was kind of happening, but I was still honing my skills. And I think Jump Off let people like in the industry, like, right, this guy's sick still. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So I, I'd probably put that down first. And one away from the spotlight mm. was when, for some reason, I fell from grace with some promoters oh, no. that put on pretty big shows. And I wasn't getting booked. For these shows are you serious yeah 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 I, i'm not gonna get into it but oh, no. i wasn't getting booked for shows and i yeah. was like i don't understand like you're putting guys on who and i'm not gonna be gassed but yeah yeah, yeah. they're not levels with me right yeah, now yeah fair do you know what i mean so i was like something's not right here i hear that so what this forced me to do was work around the circuit okay work around it and do little off like just anywhere there anywhere there was comedy i would be there okay and then i it made me step up because i was like right it's not if it continues like this, I'm gonna get froze out of the game. Mm. So let me do a one man show. Five years into stand up, did a one man show. People were looking like, you, you ain't ready for a one man show. Bear man tried to talk me out of it. Are you serious? A lot of men. Do you know what I mean? People that care for me and why love, they, have a support. Why were they talking you out of it? Just basically on the on the thing of you're not ready. Because you gotta remember, I'm not getting the profile that you know what I mean? Okay. I'm not on the scene, I'm not on the big shows. I'm just kind of floating around on the little clubs. So people in these little clubs are realizing, right, this guy's cold. Yeah. But yeah. the big shows, yeah. I'm not on them. So for me, I'm like, I gotta make my own spectacle then if I'm gonna exist. Wow. And That's that, a moment. And that lesson taught me so much because for starters, I started to understand how much promoters make when they put on comedy Imagine. shows. Imagine. Hmm. That was like at that time, my highest paid show my own one so now i'm looking i'm thinking oh so now when i walk into a venue i count the seats <laughs> and i look at the ticket price yeah. and i say you man are, you man are doing a madness this is rude yeah yep so for me for that for that one that was an eye-opener mentally mm. for what the game can be and what the, log the, the logistics are in the industry Definitely. after that you know i had a lot of great nights do you know what I mean? Things started to kind of open up a bit more. Like, it was harder to just ignore me. Yeah, <laughs> Plus, yeah, of you know course. I mean? And Dave Chappelle, when he came over. Wow. And we got to perform with Dave Chappelle that night. And there's that 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 famous clip that, you know, I've obviously been my promo run of, you know, I'm, I'm doing a video of him. And honestly, I put the camera in his face. And all I wanted to just get the moment on camera and just be like, bro, I just gigged with my hero. Do you know what I mean? And he just went, he's amazing. <laughs> What? <laughs> if you look at my face, like I'm like disbelief. Like he, hold, he just, <laughs> he just said that. Oh, is man. do you know what I mean that moment there? Like to get someone like Dave Chappelle to say, "Yo, he's amazing." Yeah. And then bring me on tour. You, you, what that did for me, mm. industry wise. People start saying, "All right, yeah, yeah, I respect you, bro." That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You stole the words right out of my mouth because I was gonna literally talk about that moment with yeah. Dave yeah. because. That word amazing is like, I know we say it, oh, it's amazing, oh, that's lovely. Yeah. But when the goat yeah, says you are amazing, the word, everybody Google amazing right now. Because, <laughs> because that just, just goes to show you are special. You're, you know, you're something to look at. You're something to watch for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that is a yeah. very, very um, 
encouraging, encouraging words. And I'm sure he might have just saw it as fly off like oh, yeah, word. Yeah, exactly. but for you i can totally is, oh, imagine what that felt like it was different well i can't actually if i'm honest and it's but, like he's he's my favorite comic yeah. so i used to watch dave Chappelle. it's like his stand-up show especially for what it's worth that special i used to watch that show before my basketball matches no. to make me relax wow into the performance because i probably had performance anxiety when i look at my sports career Fair. So that used to make me relax. So comedy's always been in my life from yeah. my parents. The background is all around me. So when I look at like the fact that I, st- I used to watch Dave Chappelle, I knew his stuff word for word. Yeah. To grow down a line and him co-sign me like that, I was like, this is just a magic moment. I felt vindicated in a way. Yeah, yeah. This journey imagine. makes sense, you know? And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it did so much for me because then a few months later, he invited me on tour with him when he came over. And in my mind, Dave Chappelle's the GOAT. He's the man. He's this and that. It's yeah. almost it's almost not human. Okay. <laughs> until I toured with him, oh. and I actually saw a human, and oh. what that did for me mentally was crazy because I was like, I watched him before the show, got a little bit nervous before going on, after the show coming off, you know what I'm saying? And it's like he asked for select people in his crew. He's like, "Yo, what do you think of the show? Do you know what I mean you think it was good? Mm-hmm. Good vibes?" Like I was thinking, right. So you still have the vulnerabilities that comedians have. Yeah. And that's yeah. when I realized I was like, you are actually human. You are this great because of the way you spent your time. Yeah. So that said to me, Trav, lock in because you can achieve this level of greatness. So it's like going away from that now, I am fearless to a degree I never knew I could find. Really? Fearless. There's nothing that I won't, if I can't do it now, there's no way, there's no guarantee I cannot eventually get there. Wow. That's just how I see life now. Because I'm like, I looked at him and I'm like, we had a good conversation. He gave me a lot of great advice after the show. And it's like, I've taken that with me going forward. And it shaped my energy for what I'm trying to do with my show in the next few weeks. Do you know what I mean? Because I look at it like, there's a thing that we do as black entertainers, yeah? Mm. Where we we stay on the right side of what we consider safe. Okay, yeah. Because you don't want to appear to be radical. Mm. you don't want to close a door that you didn't know was potentially going to be open yeah. and you start thinking you know will tv be okay and da, 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 da. there's a lot of things that are on our mind because let's be real we know the climate that we're in yeah so sometimes as a stand-up comic you're a free speaking part of entertainment you actually don't get the script man you see what i'm saying so i'm like all right i'm not gonna hold, i'm not gonna bite my tongue on anything really because the fact is this you do these things on the basis that something might come and what if it doesn't true <laughs> so true. It, you just kept yourself neutered yeah for no reason yeah so the way i'm looking at it now i'm like right and also you know I've, I've experienced therapy for the first time this year oh wow and that's opened me up in a way that i never i never imagined yeah you see what i mean so therapy's it's like, good people oh it's, it, i recommend it to everybody that will listen to me yeah do you know what i mean so where i'm at now i'm like i want complete transparency when i get on stage I will be the same person that I am when I chat to my boy on the phone. Yeah. The same person I am when I chat to my mom. The same boy, same guy I am when I chat to my whoever. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want that consistency. And I think that's where I look at Dave Chappelle and I'm like, you are a free black man. <laughs> he free, says what he wants. You don't, nobody can chat to you. Yeah, for real. I'm like, yo, I'm coming. <laughs> wow. That is an experience. That is, mm. that is, it sounds like an awakening. Oh, big time. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Exactly what it is. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. And like, obviously, you know, touring with Dave and like, you're no stranger to tour life either because you went on tour across the UK with Kojo, with Kojo which yeah. again was That's amazing. Great experience, man. Kojo's always had my back throughout my career. Lined up my first gig. 
Mad. Do you know what I mean? And then going on tour with him as well, he's always had my back. I've got nothing but love and respect for Kojo. That's good. Mm. That's good. But I, I do want to know, though, you spoke about those human moments with, with Dave. Mm. I'm sure you and Kojo, you probably had a laugh. But is tour life glamorous? Is it tiring? Are we partying? Are we drinking? Is it non-stop jokes? Let me try this on you, bro. Like, yeah, you know what it is? There's a lot. There's a lot of great moments with Banner. Like, okay, a yeah. lot of great funny moments. We're like, we had the tour bus. Like, Kojo had a great tour bus. He had a PlayStation on the bus, so we had a Sick. FIFA league going on in between like locations and stuff like that. So it was it was so much fun. Went out quite a lot of times, but at the same time, it's like it's still work. Do you yes. know what I mean? And sometimes oh gosh, yeah. when you're there on somebody else's kind of call. You can get caught up in the, oh, we're just having a good time. Yeah. But it's like, yo, for me, this is my career. Yeah. And it's like, we had so many great conversations where it's like, right, you know what I mean? I'm learning some gems there. Do you know what I mean? And it's wow. like, you know, and Kojo is one of those people that's really free with advice. Yeah. yeah Do you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely it was very agree. much like, very honest about, look, guys, like, you make notes for when it's your time. Wow. Do you see what I'm saying? Make notes for what you want to do when it's your time. This is what these experiences are about. Make it worthwhile. So it's like, you know, even the pictures, we've got great photographer, like the photographer, oh. we were getting pictures instantly. He's like, you lot's pictures while banging. I can't oh, even lie. Cold. Cold. <laughs> Very cold. I'm like, okay, geez. You That's what I'm saying? like. Tour life looks it's, lit. It's cold. It's cold. It's way more fun and good vibes than it than anything else. That's but good. for me, an hour before the show, forget the fun and games. Oh, for real? I need to be by myself to zone in because I have to deliver so we can keep the good vibes going. Yeah. Because yeah. I was the first act out on the tour. Okay. And Kojo was like, I want you first because you're high energy. I want you to just come out, blast it and set the level. That's good. I was like, cool. I know my job because I'm here to do a job. Yeah. Yeah, 100. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. You can't get gassed by yeah. the the imaginary lifestyle. This is it, man. And it's like sometimes when I, like if you see like over the years, I don't go to shows of entourages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I'm that's very, a good... I roll Travis one man up. Travis is always one man, yeah. man up. Me and my friend or I'm chill like, I'm not that guy. Like, yeah. for me, the party can't start until after we handle business. I hear that. So, like, sometimes you bring an entourage and they're like, oh, there's bare girls here. Do you know what I mean? And when I was single, that, yeah. that would be like a convo. But now it's like, from, like if them men were coming down, I'm like, I've always been, bro, after the show. One sec. Talk about yeah, that. let me do this. Because if I'm not funny today, Literally. you think I'm going to after party? <laughs> <laughs> the party done for people to be coming up to me saying bro comedy's hard you know <laughs> I don't want to hear that I don't want to hear this yeah. <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> you know what I mean so for me it's, it's business first you can enjoy later that's 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 fair man you're a true true businessman. I like that you keep it real so let's talk about the business because um, we, we, you know you're a beautiful black man I love I love my black people um, we're both in relationships don't get gas but um, <laughs> <laughs> People listen like, <laughs> but the reason I say that is because being black British mm. is a very um you know we're a minority here mm. and you actually featured on Channel 4's documentary hosted by Mo Gilligan Black yes. British and Funny which literally touched on the black comedy scene yeah now yeah. shouts out to Mo for that one man that was yeah. a great documentary so good so good you featured on there with your mama yeah. which I loved as well and um yeah it it really was I, I gotta I gotta be honest it was quite triggering mm. to see people like Slim that we've known and loved for years mm -hmm. who said I've been doing this how long and I st he still felt like he hadn't made it yeah. He hadn't broken through to the mainstream. And that is because as much as we love the black comedy circuit, it is isolated. 
Yeah. It's very separate to the comedy world, which makes no sense. That's right. Because we all go to the, we all go outside to laugh. Mm -hmm. But apparently black people laugh very differently. (laughs) Well, we actually do. I mean, we do. Okay, I can't even laugh about that one. Yeah, we do. We laugh differently, but it doesn't mean that a white person, an Asian person... Won't find it funny. Exactly. Absolutely. And that seems to be the problem that, I don't know if it's the commissioners, I don't know if it's the production companies, they just don't get the black laugh. It's a, it's such a, you know, that's a, it's a deep one. Do you know what I mean? It's like I was really honored to be on there side by side with my mum. That's one thing I've never, I've ne- a lot of people message me is like, right, I didn't know your mum was Angela Moore. Aww. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, twelve years into my career at this point, and it's like I've never tried to ride on her name. Yeah, oh, I hear that. I hear that. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. I've never barked it. I've always just been quite chill with it because I, I respect her legacy too much to just be like, I ain't gonna just put her. Yeah, you know I mean, pitch yeah. a tent and just beg it. But <laughs> yeah. this time around, we kind of stood side by side. I think we're the first mother and son duo, like, in comedy anywhere. Oh I've not gosh. seen any mother and son that's true. comedians anywhere. So that's dope. But, like, it, it, it's, there's, a, there's a sad undertone to all of that. Yeah. The fact that there needed to be the documentary. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it does feel like, you look at shows that we used to have, Desmond's and Real McCoy and all yep. that kind of stuff. And then you see them move away from that over the years. And it's like... Black comedy has always been big business. 100%. Do you know what, what I mean? Happened? From America to here, you look at Kevin Hart's numbers. Like, yeah. there is there is always a space for black comedy, but it just seems there's a reluctance to do anything that's different with, like, TV over here. Yeah. And I think attitudes are changing. They're just changing really slowly. Yes. Do you know what I mean? The good thing about the internet and social media, and why I don't wrong anybody for using social media as, like, their main avenue, is because, like, Nobody can intervene. There's no gatekeepers to sign you off on there. You just get numbers and you get the following. Yeah, that's true. So that's what has kind of been our way as the next generation to come for it. But you see people like Slim and you think, all right, cool. So Slim's not really into the social media thing like that. So, you know, if he doesn't get his opportunities, like, right, is he supposed to just slip through the cracks? Like there's Curtis Walker, another prominent comic. Felix Dexter should have got a show. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, I look at these things and I'm like, right, this is why for me, I've always been keen on doing shows that we can document. Right. And putting stuff online. So like I did my show Seriously Joking yeah. a few years ago and put it online. It was on the Jump Off YouTube channel. Sick. And for me, I'm like, that got me signed to my manager now. No Just, way. Oh, I love stuff You see what I'm like saying? That. But it's like, that's there now. That's 2017. That's Travis J did that. Yeah. Whereas Slim has done so many great one-man shows. And... I hear that. You can't watch all of them back. Yeah. And yeah, that, yeah. Oh, that pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Blackwood did a one man show in the Indigo 2 and I was there and he did like about an hour and 45 minutes on stage telling amazing stories about the industry and things he'd seen. I would love to be able to watch that back. Of course. And that's the thing that kind of, I think as black comics going forward, that's what we've got to start doing. Yeah. So that there's no, oh, you had to be there. No, bro, film it and record it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and let us see it down the line. Because yeah. trust me, our grandkids are going to love to be able to watch. That's our granddad and their man was moving. Imagine. Do you see what I mean? We don't unfortunately have that with those guys right yeah, now. That's but we remember true. them. So for me, I look at it like it's a legacy thing. And it's on, on their shoulders that I stand as a comic today. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've always looked at the comedy circuit as something that I consider a family business to a degree. Okay. Because my mum, and the, she was one of the pioneers of comedy in the one, UK. Oh my gosh. Do you Real know McCoy, everyone, like, that is, I grew, again, I shouldn't have been watching it, but I feel it was, like, it was there. a lot of black families knew, That's right. this is where you're going to see representation. That's right. So we have to watch this. That's right. <laughs> we'll, we'll skip past <laughs> the profanity. Yeah. <laughs> Just and know there's it. a black woman and a black man on TV. And that's the beautiful thing. And it's like, for me, I realised the power of the stand-up voice. Mm. Dave Chappelle's flexing his power on the stand-up voice. 100. But like, from the UK, we don't really have someone that's trying to 
Yeah. Be that one that stands there, stands their ground and does a madness. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, someone's got to be that guy. Okay, Travis. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not leaning out. If I feel it, I'm saying it. Yeah. Do you that's, know what I mean? And I think it's, yeah, there's a place for it. That's powerful. I mean, do you know what? I've I've loved I've loved watching our our scene grow and rise. Mm. But another thing that was mentioned on the dock, and also Dane Baptiste has not been afraid to say either. Oh, shouts out to Dane, bruv. He loved that guy. Very, very, very um I don't even know what the word is. He made it very apparent that there is a problem with one black person in, one black person out. Big time. And he joked that he accidentally gets called when Lenny Henry or <laughs> Richard yep. Blackwood or Stephen K. Amos mm-hmm. ain't around. Mm-hmm. And for you, mm. as a black comedian, as a male, knowing that, you know, what again, what Mo highlighted, it had been 20 years right. since a black comedian had had their own show. That is a problem mm. for you. Do you see the problem and how do you navigate that um see thing is just like it's a really tricky one because it's like you can't bang your head against the wall about it too much yeah because it can affect you yeah you know and i don't want to give i don't ever allow anything to give that have that much power over my journey but it's something that you're aware of yeah do you know what i mean there can there can be a case where you know you have a conversation and a commissioner says to you oh we can't have your show because we've really got that one oh. and that show has got nothing to do with your show literally completely different genre so it's like you look at it and you think, all right, this is what it is. My response to any rejections and knockbacks has always been to level up. Okay. So the, when the doors closed with certain promoters, yep. I decided to go a different route and level up. So for me, I look at those things and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just going to have to level up somehow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's one of the things where it's like I might, I might not have figured it out at this particular day, but I know I will. Yeah. And it's like when I look at what we're doing with our boxing podcast, you look at boxing punditry in the sports space, it's white guys in suits. 100%, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And our podcast, two comedians casually busting jokes about the mandem. Yeah. And it's one of the ones where fighters have been responsive to us. Like, rah, you man are different. Like, yeah. we've had big interviews. Lennox Lewis invited us out to Las Vegas to have a sit down. Oh my goodness. That is <laughs> iconic. Do you know what I mean? So what's, <laughs> and what's happening now is that where things are moving away from the, the usual, you know, the, the guards of the industry in certain ways, like Sky Sports, yeah. where they do things a certain way. You have like the zone who are like a sports streaming service. Yeah. The guys invited us down. We're doing pre-fight broadcast, talking about AJ and da 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 oh on one gosh. of the biggest nights in boxing. Two comedians. Do you know what I mean? That's Just to amazing. add a bit of variety to the night. And it's like you start to realize that some people are gonna get it, yeah, and some people are never gonna get it. Yeah. So you just gotta cater to it and find your tribe. What do you think the TV commissioners and producers need to do to change this? Um their job. <laughs> That was so real. Like, it's, guys, we're here. It's yeah, it's it. Like, it's it's literally a case of you know, do what you're supposed to do. There's some, and there's some commissioners out there that are really fighting the fight. Yeah, and that don't have the power of the one above. Yeah, true. Do you know what I mean? So Very there's true. there's a lot of ways of looking at it, and it's like, yeah, do your job. Like, end of the day, I see it like this: if it's your role to make sure that up like high quality TV is coming out there that covers the bases that you're supposed to cover, especially as an institution, which is supposed to be a publicly funded one. Yeah. You have a duty to maintain a certain level of, you know, diversity. So it's like, do your job. Yeah. That's literally it. It's not even the case of it being personal. It's not a case of anything else. That's your title. And this is what you said on paper that this is what you're supposed to do. Literally. So do that. Yeah. 
when I when I get booked to do a, sh- a show, they say to me, "You're the comedian." Go if I got on stage and started just doing poetry, they'd be like, "Big man, that weren't what the invoice said," you know. <laughs> For <laughs> do real. my job, you gotta do the job. So, guys, the talent is there. I mean, mm. I'm saying it like the, the commissioner. I mean, maybe the commissioners are listening. Oh, if listen. you're listening, listen. Do your job, bro. Shout me, I can help you with that. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> we got shows ready and waiting for you. But no, honestly, your point about leveling up, I love that because mm. that's exactly what you continue to do. Tell us, Travis J, about your headline show at the Bloomsbury Theatre on the 12th of November. Come listen, on. Um, listen, this show here. If you've been following my journey, and you're if you think you've, you you're used to seeing what Travis J does on stage. This night is going to be very different. It's going to be a surprise for you as my loyal fan base. And for anyone who's meeting me for the first time, this energy here, welcome. Because I plan to hit the stage and go for it. Like there's times when I look at my old stand-up and I'm like, the energy's there. Mm. But there's a little bit of me that I'm holding back. This time around, it's very different. Do you know what I mean? My experience with therapy this year has made me look at myself in a way that's made me say things like, this ain't the man I want to be. Oh, wow. I know how I want people to feel about me when it's all said and done. Yeah. So all my behavior going forward has to dictate that. So for me now, I'm going out 100% energy, 100% whatever I believe, whatever I think I'm saying it as is. And that's the energy I'm on because authentic energy, you can't lie. Yeah, of course. You feel it. You don't need to be told it's authentic. You feel it yourself. Yeah. And the energy I'm taking to the stage nowadays, I'm having a very different response. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm, I always looked at myself as someone who wasn't really the people person. You know, I've always looked at it like, once you see me on stage, yeah. you'll respect my thing. Yeah. But like off stage, ah, I'm laid back, I'm this and I'm that. But this time around, I'm like, nah, let me just be myself. And it's like, even the, the ticket sales, the promote, the energy has been very different. Really? People are like, raw. I feel like I can connect with you now. KG's my, my, ho- my co-host on my podcast. We've known each other for years. Yeah. He's saying to me recently, bro, I can actually connect with you today. Oh, Wow. He okay. goes, it's different. It's, it's very wow. different, the change you've gone through. And that's the, I'm leaning into that. So when you see me on stage to, this time around, November 12th at the West End, brother from Lucian is going to headline in the West End. Mad. Come out and you're going to see a real brother on stage. Oi, this guy is a fighter, you know. I can hear it. I saw, yeah. you, I saw you on the ground the other day, like, looking <laughs> like you was about to tear people up. Yeah, I, I, do love, I do love boxing still. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my God. And I can hear just, like, you actually do, talking about what you said at the beginning, having that sports background, yeah. you do take on the challenge. You do go yeah. head first into it. And I can hear you're giving me them yeah. proper spiels, <laughs> that ringside that spiel. <laughs> Come Saturday night, it's going down. Oh no. my gosh, no, that energy is beautiful. But we just came out of a pandemic. Yeah. Why? Why now? Why are you doing it? This is this is still kind of early days. Like we only just Look, got let back outside. Man, you know what? It's the it's the you know that feeling of like you got something to say. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. what they're thinking. It's been bubbling up underneath for a while. Like I was supposed to do Soho Theatre the last year yeah. in May, and it got cancelled and postponed. Damn. Couldn't really reschedule a date, and I said, "Well, you know, what? I'm not going to wait." Mm. do you know what I mean when it comes around I'll do that as well but in the meantime I need to speak to my audience bloody hell he means it guys That's he means that- it <laughs> straight up contacted my I said no can we make this happen they said sure maybe next year I said yeah. no this year this year as soon as the gates open off the lockdown literally straight into the theater let's go not playing games yeah. I respect that because yeah there has been a lot of anxiety there's been a lot of question marks about whether things are possible mm-hmm. but come on man we had a whole freaking Euros Thank you. we had a 
Thank <laughs> we you. had every festival that could possibly we have go, happened. We go walk up. Listen, we can do this thing. Can you imagine? <laughs> so it's definitely, definitely time for the stage to see you again. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, do you know what? You've been casually dropping gems, but this is my favorite part of the mainstream where you give us your top five tips to make it mm-hmm. in the mainstream. This can be anything from just, you know, we've had people talk about taxes. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> no, that's a real, that's so <laughs> we've real. We've had people talk about, mm-hmm. like, even therapy, stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We've had very, 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 like, different versions of top five tips. So, yeah. Travis, I'd love cool. for you to take it away. Um, number one, I say do it for the love of the craft. Yeah. Like... I understand you're going to see a lot of people blow up faster than you doing something that you might consider, you know, less, less, you know, the requirement for talent is less, you know, maybe even easier than what it is you're doing. Don't worry about that. What you're doing requires a level that you know that you need to acquire, Mm. a level of skill you know you need to acquire. And I think sometimes it's like we look at success and think that also equals mastery. Okay. There's certain people that's going to have to become a master before they get their moment. Oof. Do you see what I'm saying? I felt that in my soul. Oh, it's real. Yeah. It's real. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, you could have those feelings about people, but, you know, end of the day, your journey is your journey. Mm. What's for you is what's for you. And keep getting better. Don't be disheartened. Keep going. Secondly, that probably leads me to my second one, perseverance. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some hard days. I think one thing I, my dad always said to me was, get used to hard work. Okay, yeah. Just get used to hard work because everything is on the other side of hard work. Mm. Everything you want in life is on the other side of hard work. So it's like once you learn to love hard work, that's when you can start to really see your life change. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I don't shy away from the hard bit. You know, even my mom would always say, do the work. I can tell by that show you didn't do the work. Oh, mom. Oh, she doesn't, she doesn't play she games. She doesn't play. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And by, by do the work, she's like, when you touch the stage, you got to know your show inside out. Wow. Don't cheat your audience. Ooh. They've paid good money to see you. Don't cheat them by giving them less than worthy product. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the perseverance will take you down that space. Third, get an accountant. Oh, come on. When you start to make money, get an accountant. Don't mess Sweet around out. because yeah. you can get some real day-changing news <laughs> when them HMRC hit you up and say, yo, according to our research, <laughs> you got peace for us, big man. That's a. <laughs> oh, that's, that's tough. It's real painful, guys. Uh, yeah. Number four, I'd say keep an open mind. Okay. So, for seven years of my career, I probably did the black circuit alone, dabbled yeah. in just you know a couple other shows here and there. Never really felt comfortable. Wow. That from that point forward, I felt like when we did a show at the Palladium Theater, yeah, I felt like this might be the best it gets. Oh wow! As the circuit is right now today. Yeah. So in order for me to rep the scene. I might have to leave a little bit. Do you know what I mean? So I'm always available for shows. Do you know what I mean? I'll never decline a booking, but the majority of my work is in the mainstream audience now. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Do you see what I mean? It has to happen sometimes. This is it. And then you're in front of a lot of different demographics. So now you're working a different muscle where you're you're taking your stories, your experiences to people that haven't lived them. Yeah. So little things change, like getting on stage and going to an audience. You know what I'm saying? And they know what you're saying. Versus (laughs) when they don't know what you're saying. (laughs) You got to explain what you're saying, then get to the joke. So it's like, you know, now I have a way of communicating on stage, which allows me to bring everybody up to speed so we can all enjoy. And that's not me, you know, selling out. 
That's not me changing myself or being a cockney in front of certain audiences because yeah. it may no, that's me being real, but communication requires different elements of yourself to get your message across. Definitely. I can use big words, but if you don't know those big words, it's not communication. Right, right, right. So this is me knowing how to kind of get my message across, but with an open mind, you can understand different demographics. I performed in Eindhoven, Dubai, in Paris. Jeez. Do you see what I'm saying? And it's like you're now dealing with people that don't speak English as a first language. Of course. Or they're not that strong with it, or they do know it, but they don't know your London references. Yeah. So now we're giving you the whole world alongside the stand-up. So it's like... That those experiences have allowed me to open my mind to a different space when I'm in front of a crowd. And number five, that. number five, take care of yourself. Oh, come on now. That's real. It's because this entertainment game can really take its toll on you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. very grateful I stumbled into therapy. Yeah. For many reasons. Like, yeah, on stage and my personality of entertainment. But also on a personal level, like even my girlfriend is just like, I feel like so much more of you is available for this relationship. Oh, that is such a beautiful thing to say. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, there's a lot of healing. You don't realize how much stuff we as entertainers, we we deal with so much rejection. Yeah, It takes a toll and it's like you carry it and it's like, Personally, I developed a, a whole thing of like composure. Nothing gets to me. Bad news, no big deal. Like I'm just a, a robot. But it's mm. like, there's a lot of hurt there that yeah. you just carry. You can't live like that. Take care of yourself in this space and just keep going, man. And remember, family is more important than all of it. Oof. Beautifully said. Thank <laughs> you so much, Travis. That is, those those are absolute gems. Like I feel, I feel renewed. I feel restored. <laughs> I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to talk to my accountant. I'm going to have an open mind as I walk home. <laughs> so I'm going to persevere. I'm, going to, I'm just going to be all the things that Travis told me to be. Thank you. Thank you. No, seriously, like um, I've, I've just I've just loved seeing your journey. And, you Thank know, you. you continue, like you said, leveling up. You're always leveling up. It's always impressive to see the things you're doing. And I, I just want to use that word i'm very much impressed not in a patronizing way yeah just yeah. like wow is that what he's doing now yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of impress no, i appreciate that i Thank love you. that i love that so let everyone know where they can find you follow you get their tickets if you're not listening to this too late <laughs> <laughs> so that's travis j-e-n-t on instagram and twitter travis j-a-y-e-n-t uh my the link to the show is in my bio on instagram but forget that for now google bloomsbury theater yeah there you go type in travis j live bloomsbury theater and you'll the ticket link will come up go to the bloomsbury theater website november 12th is the date go get your tickets and tickets are 15 pounds come out come out it's going to be an experience beautiful beautiful well thank you so much travis j for joining me on the mainstream no problem thanks for having me thank you for listening to the mainstream podcast with me ramel london make sure you subscribe rate and review on apple and spotify and follow us at the mainstream uk and at ramel underscore london special thanks to podcast studio london for having us